can expect it, expect at 6 p.m. when Zach Levine and the Bulls uh, sit down uh, together. They're going to move quickly to hammer out long-term max contract. Expect him to be back in Chicago. DeAndre Ayton is going to be a much different scenario. I think there's a lot of sign-and-trade options, uh, scenarios out there uh, that they'll be able to start working through once we get the Thursday that Suns have had a reluctance to give DeAndre in a max contract. For me, my next team, I have the Bucks. Uh, in in my opinion, um, if the Bucks had Chris Middleton, they would have beat the Celtics and they would have won the finals again. That's just my opinion. Love this team. I I just find a hard time to find a better team than them in the Eastern Conference. Um, you look at Giannis; he's the best player in the world. I'll confidently say that now. Welcome to episode 64 of Clubhouse Convos. Your host, Colin Scully. I'm back this week. Uh, I think I missed the last two, uh, but I'm joined today by my good friend, Evan Mullings. Just us hanging on the pod today. How are you, buddy? Pretty good, Colin. How about yourself? Not too bad. We were just talking about our uh, work day, and I said, you know, this is a decent conversation. Why don't we just start the fucking podcast here? <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, radar. I check the radar every 15 minutes. Dude, you have to. I mean, especially on a day where it's like, all right, you know there's going to be no play on the course. You know, you, you don't have to mow the greens. You don't have to do bunkers today. It's, it's more a Monday. so Monday. It, it's cloudy. You know the rain's coming. It's like, all right, we'll weed for a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll kind of fill divots. Just useless crap. But it's like yeah. the suspense is there where it's like, all right, am I going to get out early or not? Because the expectation is, I think everyone kind of thought, and then you get a day like today where it's like, well, and it always seems to work out that way, though. And, and I, I know, I feel about, like yeah. four or five days a year, or during the summer at least, it's like, oh, rain forecast tomorrow. You wake up, the forecast changes, the percentages are lower, and it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll get out early. And then you're out there, and it just keeps going back and back, and the second you get home, it starts to pour. Right. And the funny thing is, like, I'll look on my app, which kind of has the precipitation percentage throughout the day. And the night before, I mean, you mentioned it earlier when we were when we were not recording, you know, the night before, it's like, all right, it's going to rain all day. I mean, you look at this curve with the kind of percent chance, it's like so wide. And then as it gets closer, it just thins and thins and thins yeah. out. And it's like, bro, why the hell are you thinning out? It's like watching your team being down a goal in the third period, and, and as time goes, it just gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. I didn't even pack a lunch for today because I thought it was going to be just a wash. I did, I did the same shit. I told my mom, I'm like, because my mom packs my lunch. I said, Mom, it's huh. night. Fuck mom, you. you don't have to pack me a lunch. And she's like, all right. So I wound up just sitting in my car and munched on some grapes and pretzels and stuff. So I was pretty hungry. That's why we're doing the pod 30 minutes later than we were slated to. Yeah, I went uh, went out over to the Irving across from Cumbies, and they've uh, I don't know if you've been in there recently, but over the past year or so, they put in like a nice little food bar 
I mean, nice enough for a fucking gas station, but they have mm. this roadies chicken. It's fucking phenomenal. I went in there hoping to mm. get some, and it wasn't ready, and I was like, I don't want to sit around and wait. So yeah. I grabbed a, uh, a pre-made steak and cheese sub, and, mm. you know, I opened it in the car, and it looked pretty good, and then I took the wrapper off, and there was this mystery meat. I don't know what it was. Whoa. It was, like, thinly <laughs> chopped. Like, it kind of looked like, like it, I know it wasn't salami, I'm thinking mm. it was maybe pepperoni, but I don't know mm. what other meat you would put on a steak and cheese. Regardless, I ate it. And it was actually pretty good, but my stomach's feeling it now. Yeah, well, that's a heavy kind of meal. I mean, I think that's why it's so nice to kind of do, all right, either a salad or a kind of a light sandwich. I eat a salad every day. There you go. I mean, it's good. It feels good to eat, but when you kind of bring in those heavier meals, when it's like, all right, got to go back to work. It's just, yeah. not, it's just not it. It's hard. You need to sit and let it settle. Right. I mean, lunch, I don't know about you. I don't, we've never talked about this specifically, but I mean, my lunch breaks 30 minutes. I assume yours is probably 30 minutes. I actually don't have like a penciled in. Uh, I mean, we might have to take this off the air because it's illegal uh, technically to work an eight hour day and not have an allocated lunch, but we don't have like a set time. So I can eat whenever I want during the day, yeah. but it'll never take me 30 minutes. You know, well, I don't think that's minutes. legal. I mean, I, I mean, kind of same deal kind of with us. I mean, our boss doesn't like to do that, but there are a couple guys who will, you know, go in at six, get out at two, not take a lunch, um, just to get out earlier, which I don't know. I need the lunch break. It gives me something to look yeah. forward to. All right. It's like, all right, lunch I'm, I'm an hour from lunch. The day's moving. Plus, I get hungry. Well, right. Right, because you don't eat much before work. No, I have a glass of milk, usually, or a bowl of cereal. No, that's, that's not much. I had six slices of toast this morning. Well, that's great for, like, two hours, but then then you're running oh, out I of like it. I felt like shit. Yeah. yeah. That was brutal. Should we get into some sports? I think it's about time. Five minutes in. All right. Uh, so this is our our what, what you have nine teams. I have eight or something like that, mm-hmm. or seven or eight, something like that. Our uh, our half of the NBA. Uh, we're doing a little sim. Has there been a post about that that I not know of? I don't believe so. Not yet. Yeah. So this is new news. Uh, we're doing a little NBA sim, not as advanced as our NFL one over on slinging it, but. I think this is going to be fun. Um, we each were assigned teams. Newman and I split the West. Evan and Dan split the East. We're doing an area of need, two free agent targets, and one mock trade per team. Uh, kind of interested to see how you view your teams, Ev. I know a couple of mine I had a little bit of a hard time with. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't know anyone that was drafted in the NBA on Thursday night. I don't either. So, I'm like, I don't know what this guy's worth to this team. I don't know if he's any good. Um, But, yeah, you want to just go other team, you do a team? Yeah, you you can start it off for sure. Sure, I'll start. This is a fun one to start with. I have the Lakers. Um, My area of need was a stretch big. Um, I feel like they're missing that piece. You know, they have Davis down low. LeBron, obviously, is probably considered a stretch big, but – Outside of those two, I think it's well documented that team doesn't have much. Obviously, Russ, his future's up in the air there. Um, looking at the free agent targets, there are like not many big names this year. Harden, yes, but that's I believe a player option. 
Beal is a player option, uh, and Kyrie is a player option. Those are probably the biggest ones that are yep. player option. And then you have Levine is probably the biggest name out there. Yep. Um, so my two free, t- free agent targets for the Lakers were Kevin Looney of the Golden State Warriors and Thaddeus yep. Young of the Toronto Raptors. Not bad. I mean, my, what do you think? Did, I mean, no Kyrie. I was kind of surprised to hear you. Well, well here's my him. mock trade. It's it's a little bit out there. So yeah. the L.A. Lakers will receive Kyrie Irving, De'Aaron Sharp from Brooklyn. The Nets this is a three-team deal. Nets get John Wall from Houston, a Ooh. 2026 first, a 2028 first from the Lakers. And the Rockets get Russell Westbrook and Kessler Edwards from Hmm. Not bad. I mean, I think the most reasonable outcome with Houston, I mean, I think it would be a John Wall buyout. And then I, yeah. I'd be curious to see where it goes. I mean, it it would make sense, I guess, with salaries and that sort of deal. But I'm, I'd be really curious to see where John Wall goes. I mean, a lot of teams need a guy like John Wall. I mean, when healthy, he's still very effective. Well, right. And I think a lot of teams, I mean, I, I'm, I have the Celtics next. Um, I think a lot of teams just are looking for these guys who can score but also really playmake and, and dish the ball and make plays for other people. I mean, we saw Curry did that a lot. And for the Celtics, I'll jump into it right now. Um, like for me, the Celtics' area of need was just somebody, and I know we've discussed this, but for me it's somebody who can get the ball out of Tatum and Facilitate. Brown. Right, exactly, to facilitate and to kind of make it so Tatum and Brown can kind of do ISO kind of up top, where it's like they don't have to drive to the rim. In the playoffs, I know we all have nightmares of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum going to the rim because, you know, they'll throw up, you know, these crazy layups or they'll just, like, Jalen Brown, I mean, how many times was he stripped of the basketball? So for me, like, I mean – my number one target for the Celtics has to be Bradley Beal, just strictly based on his relationship with Jason Tatum. We know they talked about wanting to team up at one point in time. And so I love Bradley Beal on the Celtics, Colin. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're um, To me, it's just like Tatum and Brown are already pretty ball dominant, and they just figured out how to play together where you'd then add another ball-dominant player into the mix. I just don't know how that would shake out. That's fair. I think it's just – it would be a work in progress. I mean, that's a good point. We saw it took Tatum and Brown so many games to figure that out. So that's a good point. Uh, and my other guy, this was a tough decision. I went with Ricky Rubio because, again, of that ability. I like to that play. a lot. And get the ball in his hands. He had a really good kind of year with uh, Cleveland, I believe. Before he got hurt, yeah. I think he'd be a nice fit. Again, kind of that one-two punch was smart at the one. I think that would be a good move for the Celtics to make. And I think Brad Stevens knows that he wants to make a move. So I'm curious to see what the Celtics do. They have a lot of options. What's your mock trade? Oh, my mock trade. I'm going to go with the John Wall trade as well. Um I'm going to send hmm, – that's tough because I think they would honestly trade a guy like Grant Williams in, in a sort of package. But oh, the, that's then, tough. Then, the, then the problem is, like, would Houston just buy John Wall out? 
So I think John Wall is an interesting guy to throw in a mock trade. But again, um, I think if the Celtics were to make a trade with Houston, I think you send Grant Williams. I think you send maybe a guy like Aaron Neesmith and then a draft pick. I think that's a reasonable trade for John Wall. I mean, Houston doesn't have much power. I mean, they have to trade John Wall. So, yeah. Because he's out. So I think. To get something rather than nothing would be something that Houston would maybe want to do. But, again, that's complicated with the salaries. Yeah. I do have John Wall. Sorry, I'm chewing. I do have John Wall in another deal as well. So, I think he's a name we're going to see moved. Definitely. My next team is the Kings. Fuck. Shouldn't have eaten that bite of trail mix. (laughs) My next team is the Kings. Um... For me, area of needs center. A lot of the teams I have, I came out at the end of looking at the roster, feeling like they needed another big man. Yep. I also have a lot of shit teams, so the free agent targets were tough because I know nowadays no good player wants to go sign with a shit team because he can get money anywhere. Um, but my two free agent targets, Montrez Harrell is a free agent uh, leaving the Hornets. And then DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. I know Phoenix would like to trade him, if anything, get something back. But if he were to be a free agent, I think he'd be a good fit with the Kings. Him and Fox together would be a nice duo. Uh, And my mock trade, actually with the Celtics, Sacramento receives Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, a 2023rd second from Orlando, uh, and Boston receives Harrison Barnes. Hmm. I think. In terms of this deal, Sacramento probably moves Barnes. He's got $20 million for the next two years. Been rumored to be on the trade block while in Sacramento. You get Neesmith back, a younger guy. You hope he can develop into something. Celtics spent the first-round pick on him. Uh, to do this deal, Celtics would have to use Fournier's trade exemption to make the money work. Um, but I don't think it's a bad deal for either side. No, that's good. I like that. Um, my next team is the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, a team who obviously brought in James Harden. Um, they have Tyrese Maxey, I believe. So they got some young talent there. Um, personally, I think their area of need. And for this team, I feel like they could use another guard. I know you got this young up-and-coming guy in Maxey. I know you got Harden. But, again, adding some third element there – they want to trade Thibel, so he's going to be in, a, in some sort of package is, is what the rumor is. So I think if you're Philadelphia, I think in an arms race where there's a lot of guards available, I think you just kind of bring in these guys and try to make it work. Um, so for me, um, two players that I would target for them, uh, I think they're – I mean, they've been in the rumors for Kyrie. I think a lot of teams who are on the cusp, like a Philly, like a Los Angeles, should try to make a play for Kyrie again. Because the NBA is different from so many other leagues, Colin, we talk about it. Like, the NBA, you can win a championship based on who you sign in free agency. You don't even – it doesn't yeah. matter who the hell you draft because in the NBA, there feels like there's just no loyalty. So, again, these teams that are on the cusp, like a Philly who's been so close before, you got to go all in. And, and obviously, Maury up there, I mean, he's going to be – trying to pull all the strings. So Kyrie's one target. And a guy who I think would fit in well with Philadelphia, Victor Oladipo. Just some some guy, he's kind of screams Philly to me. Scrappy, 
uh, plays great defense. I mean, you saw what he did against Brown and Tatum in, in the series uh, against Miami. So that's my um, – those are my two free agent targets for Philadelphia. And then a mock trade. Uh, my mock trade was involving Kyrie. I'm going to send Thibault two first-round picks um, and, and, then a, and then another second-round pick to Brooklyn uh, for Kyrie. So I think Thibault, I mean, he's a guy who's shown some promise, um, a really good defender he is. So I think, again, it's similar to get something rather than nothing for Brooklyn. And then who knows what the hell happens with Kevin Durant. I mean, that's another whole crazy thing thing to play out, but we'll see. What do you think, like, the only thing to me is, like, Harden and Kyrie, do they want to play together again? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the problem. I think there would be people who could maybe put it behind them. I'm not sure, although Kyrie, I mean, he's just this guy who is so self-absorbed, has these crazy theories and, and all this stuff. So, to me, I don't know. They'd have to have a conversation. I mean, there's been times, though, where it's like, you know, players end poorly, but then they kind of figure it out. I mean, we thought Kyrie LeBron ended poorly, and now they they suddenly want to get back together, it sounds like. LeBron's willing to give it a shot. So yeah, I would say never to something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. My next team's the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, to me, an area need just depth. I just think they need more players on this team that can score, can pass, can rebound, play D. A um, couple free agent targets for me, Joe Ingles. I know he's coming off the torn ACL, I believe. Um, but I think he would be a good fit, good, great three-point shooter. Jaw and Bain like to drive to the net. Nice to have a guy to kick it out to who can make threes about 40% of the time. Um, another player I saw... I thought it would be a decent fit is TJ Warren. Another good off-ball scorer. Uh, obviously had that monster run in the bubble with Indiana uh, and had a good season last year as kind of their go-to guy. So I think that would be an interesting thing to see. You get Bain, Jackson, Ja. You had Warren in that mix. I think that's a pretty good core. My mock trade, um, using Grayson Allen's straight exception, exemption, Memphis would acquire John Collins from the Hawks, and Atlanta would receive Danny Green and Zaire Williams. Kind of similar to the Kyrie and Wall situations where Atlanta kind of has to trade Collins. He wants out. Uh, The more he's on the roster and the older he gets, the more his value depreciates. So in this deal, you get Zaire Williams back, a good young player. You hope he develops into something, and, and Memphis gets another big to pair with Jackson. Oh, um, moving on to my next team, it's the Toronto Raptors, a team who's all right, it was surprising they had a pretty good year, although Nick Nurse seems to always have them playing well, so I believe they finished sixth in the East last year. Uh, for me, it's a team who is probably going to decline in the standings. Uh, there's rumors that they're kind of willing to maybe move on from Ananobi, and I'll get to my mock trade later. Um but my position of need is a guard. I mean, right now they got Fred Van Vliet, who, you know, he's been around for a while. But you look at the forwards, I mean, you got Scotty Barnes, who I believe won Rookie of the Year. You got Pascal Siakam, uh, Gary Trent, who's a forward. Um, you know, it's just a team who has a lot of depth up front, but not so much out back. 
Um, and kind of looking at the free agents, I, I mean, if they plan on keeping Van Vliet, you'll almost certainly want them to pursue a two. Um, so for me, looking at kind of who's out there, um, you know, I think a guy like a Malik Monk would be interesting, a guy who can score the ball. I think that was kind of their weakness down the stretch. And in the playoffs was you saw what Philadelphia could do with Embiid and the amount of points that they could put up. I think Toronto just struggled offensively at times and it cost them. So for me, I like a Malik Monk, like a guard who can score. Uh, Lakers had him on a super cheap deal. So I think he's someone that honestly is probably going to get some more money. And I think a team like Toronto could use that. And then secondly, I'm going to look at a guy. I'm looking at a restricted free agent, but a guy who's maybe rumored to be on the move. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, we'll see if the Kings want to keep him. I, I assume they will. But I think Toronto should try. Um, again, a good defender, a good three-point shooter, and I think that's what Toronto's kind of built their name on uh, in the past. And my mock trade, I'm going to be sending OG Ananobi uh, straight up to the um, Portland Trailblazers for a future first-round pick. Uh, straight up, first-round pick for a player. Um, Portland seems to suddenly be buying um, the two teams, I believe, talked during the draft, couldn't work it out, but I think that's something that both teams could re-explore. Um, and I think Toronto would be fine with a future first. You don't know how Portland's going to play in a tough Western Conference next year, so we'll yeah. see what happens, but that's my thoughts on Toronto. Nice. Uh, I have Dallas next. Area of need, another big man here. Um, looking at free agents, Harrell, again, I think would be a good fit here. Good rebounder, can score the ball. They have yet to find that big that can play with Luca. Obviously, Porzingis didn't work out. Just went and acquired Christian Wood, so you hope maybe that duo turns into something. But you add Harold to that mix, that's a really good three. And then obviously, Brunson came out in the playoffs, and you hope he takes a step forward next year if they're able to bring him back. Uh, and another free agent I looked at was Yusef Nurkic. Um, not really sure if he's any good anymore. No, he's pretty but good. I remember he was good, yeah. Yeah, I think My it's mom trade here uh, is for DeAndre and get that big to play with Luca. Send back Spencer Dinwiddie, a 2024 first, and a 2025 second. Phoenix obviously wants to move on from Aiden. They're not willing to pay him. Mm-hmm. Dallas, I think it's worth taking a shot on. Dinwiddie, seventeen million. You have plenty of guards there. Yeah, Bullock, uh, Brunson. There's one more ding dong. I can't remember. Um, but you don't really need him. And if you get eight back, you can get you know fifteen and ten, sixteen, eleven. That's that's production that Dallas just doesn't have from any of their big men right now. That would be a sign and trade deal. Yes. Yep. Uh, going into my next team, looking at the Brooklyn Nets, who, uh, for position of need, I have to be determined. I mean, it, it really is all going to determine on kind of the Kyrie KD situation. I mean, I watched this team play in the playoffs, and I do think, like, if they had an area of need based on their team last year, for me, it's up front. I think they need another big man. Uh, you saw Claxton and Andre Drummond, but I just they don't have that impact that – uh, a lot of other centers across the game do. Um, so for me, my free agent targets, uh, again, so much can play out. I mean, this team could turn into a seller for sure. 
Um, I think a guy like Hassan Whiteside could come over and give you good defense, give you good minutes, um, whether it's in a starting role. I mean, he was coming from, I believe, Utah. So um, a guy who had something to prove after, obviously, in his Miami days, he was so dominant. So uh, I think, you know, if the guys stay, I think he's a guy who you could plug in at the five to, to replace Andre Drummond. Um, and I think you could also look at even, let's say, even a Serge Ibaka. Like, and again, they won't sign a veteran if uh, Kyrie and Katie uh, leave. But just a, just a center, just another big body. And I think Serge Ibaka is still competent um, for sure. So my mock trade, though, is going to be a trade with Kyrie Irving involved. I'm going to send him to Dallas. Um, obviously, Jalen Brunson is a free agent that you kind of noted, Colin. Um, so for me, Brooklyn should try their best to get Jalen Brunson back. Uh, in this sort of sign and trade, I really like that for for Brooklyn, but Dallas even to get Kyrie and pair him with uh, Luca, like I think that would be a really good duo as well. And I think Dallas, you come so close, so I think that they're desperate for whatever to get to the next step. I mean, it would also require a couple first round picks for sure, uh, just to land Kyrie. So I don't I know. Brooklyn, if Kyrie would be open to that. I feel like he he would be. I think to play with Luca, I think he'd love that. Um, just another superstar that he just hasn't played with yet. Yeah, it's an interesting one. My next team is the Pelicans. Um, honestly, I kind of do like this roster. I know obviously the record doesn't show, but if they have a healthy Zion, which is my area of need, I think this is a team that could fight for a playoff spot next year. They did make it this year into the play-in. Um, I think, you know, you have a healthy Zion and, and things could be different for you if he's as good as he's supposed to be. Um, I like the roster. You have Ingram. You got McCollum at the deadline. A um, couple other solid role players. So in terms of free agent targets, I mean, if you're willing to spend, Zach Levine I think is a good fit here. Him, Ingram, and Zion, that's a pretty scary three-headed monster. Um, also, Gary Harris, this team I think could use some shooting, especially if they're going to be strong down low with uh, with Zion in the mix. Zion Balanchunas be a very strong 4-5. Got to kick the ball out to, shoots the three at a good clip. Uh, not sure what he did for Orlando last year, but I don't think anyone really talked about anyone in Orlando. Uh-huh. So. No. My mock is uh, is kind of a crazy one. It uses Stephen Adams' trade exemption. Uh, it's a trade with the Utah Jazz. It's Rudy Gobert going oh. to New Orleans, as well as a 2025 first and a 2028 second that belongs to OKC uh, for Zion Williamson. Wow! I know they're. I know. I know there are rumors of, obviously, the Gobert-Mitchell divide in Utah, whether or not Mitchell or Gobert is going to be the one to go, if anyone goes. I know Mitchell's now unsure of his future there with the Quinn Snyder firing. So, to me, looking around, I was like, I don't really know what Utah would trade. It's a pretty solid roster. I feel like if you trade, you know, a Devontae Graham, you're not going to really get anything that makes you any much better. So... Obviously, Zion's interest in the Pelicans has been questioned in the media. This one was kind of a fantasy trade, but I don't know. What do you think? You think 
to me, the hardest part was trying to decide which team had to give more. So obviously Gobert, many time DPOY player, but limited offensively, and Zion, you're trading for for that potential. I mean, to me, I think um, Utah would have to give more to get Zion. I know you look at the injuries, but I mean the potentials there and the flashes there, and I think if this guy's healthy, I mean. He's got the uh, the potential to be a top fifteen, top ten player in the game. So, uh, for me, definitely, I feel like Gobert's kind of hit his ceiling, and he's on the way down. He'll still give you good defense, but offensively, he's just not there. Um, I mean, just really known for his defense. So, to me, Utah would have to give up a lot, and obviously, Rudy Gobert would have to certainly be involved in that deal. So, I think yeah, you had it right. Yeah, that was my thought. So, uh, my next team, God, I got, like, some, like, phlegm in my throat. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks are such a stupid franchise. Like, for their I trade, thought about making a trade with them. For who? Barrett. I doubt they trade Barrett. I mean, he's all they really got, in my opinion. I know. Um, area need for the Knicks, I mean, you look at it, I mean, it's definitely either a point guard or a three. Uh, Derek Rose, he's just not there anymore. Quickly's a nice player, but again, he you're looking at if you want a star point guard, if you want someone better to be competitive in the Eastern Conference, you're gonna have to upgrade that position. So uh point guard is one of them and, and again a three, I think they could use another kind of stretch forward. It's just someone who can shoot the basketball and give them points. Um so my two free agent targets for me, I like Otto Porter simply based on the fact that he can shoot the ball. Knicks struggle to score points. They really struggle. Yeah. And I think part of it is they need a playmaker to upgrade their point guard position. But, again, they need guys who can knock down shots. And, and Otto Porter showed up in the NBA Finals, knocked down a lot of three-pointers against the Celtics. So he'd be a great fit in my opinion. And then Josh and Kogi's just a nice young up-and-coming up, up player that I like from Minnesota. Uh, just get some more flash on your roster. The Knicks don't have much. I think Julius Randle sucks. I've been saying that on the podcast for like a year and a half now. Ever since it was founded, I trashed on Julius Randle. I think he sucks. <laughs> I think R.J. Barrett's all they have. And so find some young and talented players to kind of bolster your roster with and to not even, you know, to trade away your pick or Duran or whoever the hell they got. Um, they ended up with nothing. So it's a complete not a failure for the Knicks, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, I don't know what that front office is doing, but they're they're incompetent. Um, and then my mock trade for the Knicks, I'm, if you want to buy low on some point guard, I think the Magic are an interesting one where it's like they'll probably trade Fultz. I think the Knicks should maybe go try to make a deal for Markel Fultz, just someone who can maybe, again, young, has potential, Bring them in. See if it clicks. Just try it. It's interesting, yeah. Hurting trying it with, with somebody like that. And so if you want to maybe go, you know, shoot for the moon, maybe try Lillard, but it seems like Portland's buying, so that doesn't seem to be likely. I know Lillard was kind of linked to New York at one point in time, but for me, um, we'll get Marco What Fultz. would you get back for Fultz? Um, I would say a second-round pick and a player. I didn't specifically list the player, but uh, I said a pick. Uh, and I, I think it would probably only take a second-round pick to get I don't think Markel Fultz is worth a first-round pick. And I think the Magic... I am... Uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, my, I think they're trying to play Cole Anthony more. 
And so you yeah. have a block there at the point guard position where it's like, all right. Yeah, Anthony and Suggs. Yeah, exactly. So to me, they can move them. I, uh, my, my player on NBA is actually a Nick, and we are gross. You're good? Yeah, we're, we're in fourth place right now, 30 games in. How on the earth? Warriors by 30. How on earth? How's your roster? I don't know, dude. It's the same roster. <laughs> Plus me. I mean, I just started starting like four games ago, but Randall's <laughs> a beast, dude. Dude, he sucks in real life. Fantasy versus non-fantasy. <laughs> right. Moving on, uh, I have the Spurs. My area of need is just a superstar. This team is filled with plenty of decent role players that can play a role on any team in the NBA. Outside of DeJounte Murray, there's just nothing special there. Um, in terms of free agent targets, again, I don't know how likely it is that Zach Levine would want to come to a shitbag team like the Spurs. Not that they're a shitbag team, but I just don't see them contending with contending for a championship, only adding Zach Levine to this team. Um, he would be a, a shoot-for-the-moon target for me. Another player I'd like a lot, Jalen Brunson in Dallas. Uh, obviously, we mentioned his playoffs, phenomenal. I think if Dallas is unwilling to pay him, San Antonio could entice him to come. Him and Murray would be a nice backcourt. My mock trade, um, guy that's kind of been rumored to maybe be on the outs in Cleveland, Colin Sexton. I have him going to San Antonio for Devin Vissell, a 2024 first, a 2023 second, and a 2024 second. I like it. I like it. I mean, they're an interesting team. So, I uh, mean, no, like to me, they just feel cemented in mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, there's and when I say interesting, it's a team that like if. Things fall in a place they could be well, but they could they could do well, but they could also be shit. Yeah, like you know, it kind of depends on on kind of how the season starts. Like for me, it's all about how you start in this league. Like you saw the Cavs this past year; like they start off so well to where it's like and they just hung around. Right, you can struggle at the end, but at least you have that security. Like I think for a team like them, you got to start. It'll all depend on how they start out next season. Um. And, and kind of who they add, like you noted. Like a Brunson would be so nice. Um, for me, my next team, I have the Bucks. Uh, in in my opinion, um, if the Bucks had Chris Middleton, they would have beat the Celtics, and they would have won the finals again. That's just my opinion. Love this team. I, I just find a hard time to find a better team than them in the Eastern Conference. Um, you look at Giannis, he's the best player in the world. I'll confidently say that now. And for me, they need a big, though, someone to pair with um, Giannis. I just am not a fan of Brook Lopez anymore. I think he's kind of washed. Yeah. And I think you could upgrade that in the offseason. And Bobby Portis, he's just not really a five. Like, find a way to play him elsewhere. If you want to go big, you can. I mean, he he's a guy who can shoot a three. But for me, you need another big man. I like Nurkic and Zubats as potential options. Um, kind of in free agency. Guys who can rebound the basketball, but can also kind of make plays. I mean, Nurkic is, a, in my opinion, a really good player. And we'll see if he stays in Portland. I'm not sure. But um, I think Milwaukee, they're a team who can upgrade. But, again, they don't need a ton of upgrading just because they're already so good, in my opinion. 
And for a mock trade, I mean, it's tough with Milwaukee um, just because it's a small market and, you know, they just – they keep their homegrown guys around. Um, yeah. I would personally like to see them uh, go back and get Dante DiVincenzo. He was a guy who I really liked. I know they traded him in kind of that three-team trade, I believe, last year. He's an RFA. I would go back and trade for him. Sign and trade for me. He would probably involve a second round, a couple second round picks. I don't think it's anything more than that. But he was a guy who I thought fit in really well with Milwaukee, and I thought they did kind of miss him. I know Grayson Allen kind of took over some of that role, but I think you know in, in the playoffs he would have been a huge lift with no Chris Middleton. Yeah, that was a just a strange trade all around with <laughs> Halliburton being traded, Divincenzo yeah. being traded. Sabonis was really the only name that was going to maybe move. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this is my last team. It's the Houston Rockets. Another fun one. Really just a shitter team. Uh, not much on this roster outside of Jalen Green. They just traded away Christian Wood. My area of need is uh, is more of an intangible thing. Yeah, talent and leadership. There's yeah. really no veteran on this team outside of John Wall who's on the move. Um, and outside of Jalen Green, there's not much talent. Um so for free agents, I looked at one leadership guy, one talent guy. I mean, same case with San Antonio, Zach Levine. If you're going for talent, he's the most talented guy out there uh, that's an unrestricted free agent. Whether or not he's interested in a rebuild is obviously in the air. I would say have no. Hope and pray. Yeah, I would say no, but if he is, I mean, fuck, spend the money. Um, in terms of leadership, I think Andre Iguodala, if he's going to continue to play, wouldn't be a bad signing. A guy that can teach those young guys in the locker room. Um, you know, I think it's important in professional sports for veterans to teach guys how to live as an athlete and, and what's you know acceptable off the court, good health practices, good diet, things like that. I think Iguodala would be a great guy to do that in Houston. Obviously, Eric Gordon is still there. He's a vet. Um, not sure if they'd move him. I kind of looked at trading him, but couldn't really find anything that made the money work. Uh, my mock trade's actually a John Wall trade, no surprise. And it's to Philly. Um, it's Tobias Harris. This is assuming there's no buyout. Yeah. Tobias Harris, George Niang, Matias Tybal, and a 2024 first. Okay. I think it might be a little bit of an overpay on Philly's part, but to make the money work, you got to trade Harris. Yep. No, definitely. That would be a, that would be a good one. Um, I have two teams left. Uh, my next one's Chicago, and this was a team, in my opinion, who had an elite offense and an elite defense for the first part of the year. And then Caruso and Ball got injured, and there went their entire defense. They also lost Patrick Williams to an injury. That killed them as well, so their defense really took a hit. Um, they got a lot of good things there. I mean, the expectation is hopefully Levine goes back to them. Uh, obviously, you got DeRozan and Vucevic still there. So this, is, this, to me, is a team that is close. I know we were both high on them last year going into this upcoming yeah. year. Uh, as kind of a sleeper team, and and they were that. Um, for me, two free agent targets. I said uh, my need is a power forward. It was kind of that one spot where they didn't have Pat Williams, and then they had nothing. Uh, two free agent targets. I like um, PJ Tucker. Um, I think he'd be a good fit here. You get Tucker at the four. You get Vucevic at the five. 
you know, DeRozan at the three, Levine at the two, and then, you know, you go Caruso or Ball at the one. I think that's an elite starting lineup. And obviously, Connie mentioned veteran leadership and experience with the Rockets. I mean, that's, I think, what Chicago kind of needs. Um, in my mock trade, I actually had them going to get Miles Turner from Indiana. Oh, yeah. He's someone who's kind of available, and he can kind of mix and match with Vucevic down low. Uh, I would be trading Patrick Williams, Colby White, and also a first-round pick to Indiana. Uh, Colby White's a guy who's shown some promise as well at the point guard position, and when you have Caruso and Ball, you can probably move him to kind of upgrade up front. But Chicago's in kind of an interesting team. I don't know if you had any thoughts on Chicago. I know you've you've mentioned Levine a lot. What do you think happens with Zach Levine? I mean, I think he's got pretty much any team that can afford him should want him. Uh, a guy that can handle the ball, a guy that can score. His three-point games come a long way. He can move the ball. He can rebound. He's. I think he's an all-around player. I wouldn't call him a superstar, but I'd call him a star. Um, I think most teams that are looking for another elite scoring option are going to be interested. Uh, I think it would be nice for him to go back to Chicago. I like what they're building. Like you said, they're close. DeRozan came there last year. They're starting to attract bigger names. So I think seeing him go back would probably be what I would like to see. Um, but it, it is interesting, right? Because like you said, you have White, you have Ball, you have Caruso. It's a lot of ball handlers already. White was a top 10 pick, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So I, you're right. I would wonder if they maybe want to see what he can do. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Got to get healthy. With, uh, with Williams and Ball missing a lot of time. I know. It's like we haven't really seen that team at their full potential, I think. I think yeah. They were a team that really got worn down. I mean, you saw COVID last year rampage right through them. Yeah, so, Caruso, the broken elbow, yeah. shoulder, whatever it was. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, they're a team, I think, that we haven't seen the best of what they have to offer. And we'll kind of see if they can keep Zach Levine. Um, and moving into my last team, a team that I know you really like, Cleveland. Um, I need. I think Cleveland is honestly a star away from maybe the Eastern Conference Finals, and maybe they're, really good team. they're a really good team. They're really well coached. They're young. I love Darius Garland. He's unbelievable. Uh, Jared Allen was awesome for them when he was healthy. So they're a team, in my opinion, that's pretty close if they could bring in some talent. I mean, my free agent targets for them, I think Zach Levine to Cleveland would be really interesting. Pair yeah. him with Garland and Allen down low. You saw – little... Sexton too. And Sexton, we'll see if they can keep him. I mean, I'll get to that to that in a second. And then you saw kind of Lori Markkinen's emergence in that playing game against uh, Atlanta where he really balled out in that first half. So he's a guy I think we can expect something from next year. So Cleveland, to me, is a, is a, is a really interesting team and a team that can make some noise next year. Um, so Levine's one of my free agent targets. If I have to look elsewhere, I'd probably look at, at kind of a three. Um, you know, I think a guy – I mean, pick your poison. I mean, I think – I feel like they need some defense. I mean, you can look at Kyle Anderson. They have a lot of shooting. I think Kyle Anderson would be a good defender for them at the three. But my trade, I would like to see them even go get Malcolm Brogdon, a guy who's almost certainly available with Indiana. I And here's the thing. I said that they'll trade Sexton back. I think that would be an interesting one-for-one. One. 
maybe that would be interesting pick, but kind of two guys who maybe could use a fresh start. Obviously, Indiana's trying to rebuild a little bit, but Sexton's so young. Um, so that that would be my mock. That would be my mock trade. I would uh, I would like to see that. That'd be interesting. I'd give them Sexton and Halliburton. It's a solid young backcourt. Yep. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that one. Mm-hmm. That's all we got. Fuck the Lightning. Thank God they had one last night. I know. Should we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I mean, I didn't watch any of it, but no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, just I, happy I to see Tampa not win. No, absolutely. I, and I do have this from Newman. Uh, he texted me. Um, he wanted this stat about Tampa, said on the pod, uh, Tampa Bay, first team in NHL history to play four 50-plus win teams on a playoff run. On top of course of, he wants this stat. You know, it is an interesting stat, though. I'll give him credit. On top of that, played the Hart winner in round one, the President's Trophy winners in round two, uh, the Vesna winner in round three, and then the Norris winner in round four with no Braden point for three rounds. That's pretty interesting. I, I mean, to get that far for Tampa Bay is unbelievable. Um, I'm going to agree with you, Colin, though. I'm happy to see them lose. It was time for someone new. And if Tampa won again, I just it would have pissed me off. It felt like Golden yeah, State. Yeah, I agree. That's a crazy stat. I mean, they definitely – had a tough road, but I mean, Florida. We kind of all saw. I mean, I know I picked Florida, but they, they definitely had some holes that Tampa exposed. Yeah, they were my team. Um, yeah, I mean that's interesting. Colorado lost three games all playoffs. Nuts. Yeah, and it was interesting in the last series. I thought that Kadri would miss most of the, if not all of that series, and Point would have played most. But it turned out to be the opposite. The other way around. Kadri got that huge goal in Game Four to put Colorado up, uh, you know, three one in the series. That really, to me, was the goal that kind of did it. And then you saw Cooper after the game. I mean, I think he kind of. Knew at that point they were in trouble to win three straight against the Avs, who had, like you yeah. said, at that point had only lost two games all playoffs. Yeah, so. that was a good run from Tampa, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I am happy to see someone else. And it's nice to see McKinnon and Landeskog suffer through all that losing mm-hmm. and, and the heartbreak in the playoffs to finally get to this point. No, absolutely. I'll be wearing my Rantanen jersey on campus next year for sure. <laughs> when it gets a little oh, chilly. Wrap. Yeah, let's wrap. Let's get out of here. All right. Good pod. Uh, we'll see you next week with Newman and Dan doing their NBA teams. Sounds good. Later. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. But you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts you know,